You are listening to the No Formula Podcast, episode number 46. Welcome back to where we chat with a different entrepreneur every week, from app developers, sales experts, and coaches, to authors and social media influencers. We focus on their journeys, how they built their businesses, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Together, we confirm that there is no formula to success. I want to thank all the listeners that have been supporting the No Formula podcast. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to let me know what you think about the interviews and don't forget to subscribe. In this episode, we chat with Sarah Boland, founder and CEO of the Life Lapse app. After film school, Sarah was looking for a creative outlet that would embrace her countless ideas. She started multiple side projects until she focused on the stop-motion video app called LifeLapse. After pitching her idea to Dragon's Den, she didn't get any funding or a spike in users on her app. So in this episode, Sarah tells us how she got over 1.4 million downloads, her motivation behind starting the app, and her advice on how to pitch investors. Try LifeLapse in the App Store or visit their Instagram page, lifelaps underscore app. In the meantime, keep listening to hear Sarah's tips on how to grow a freemium SaaS business. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I love it. All the way from Vancouver. Yes, it's finally sunny here. Oh, oh yeah, because it's always raining, you right? You can see like sun beaming <laughs> into the office. Usually we have a fan on, but... Um, I obviously don't right now for the purposes of audio and yeah. if Thank I start you. beating and sweat, you know why. <laughs> don't worry, you look beautiful. Thank you. So thanks so much for being with us. I just want to jump right into your story because I absolutely love it and I love what you're working on. So I just want to get to it. You graduated in film and then you joined mm-hmm. the film industry and I know you had a lot of interesting positions after you mm-hmm. graduated. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I went to film school with the hopes of becoming a video producer, actually. Um, After I left film school and dabbled in the film industry for a while, I don't know, maybe a year or two, I would say I quickly realized that the reality of me actually getting to create videos was not anywhere in my near future because if you want to work on large productions, you have to put your time in. And that's starting with guarding pylons, even on um, like indie film sets where you're not even getting paid. So lots of volunteer work, you like got to put your time in. On top of that, um, like the hours are just wild. (laughs) Like you work like sometimes 15, 20 hour days for three months straight. And that's just not the life I want to live. So yeah, I left and started actually creating, which really fulfills me. And that's where I spent five to six years of my career. Okay. So how old were you when you kind of like left the film industry or realized that it wasn't for you? Um, maybe I was 21. So like film school was only a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went straight into it. Um, so maybe 20, 21. Okay. And then you said that yeah. you started reading for five, six years. Yes. And is that maybe the period? Seven years, yeah. Is that the period you're in now? No. So that was before I launched Life Flaps. Okay. So what was yeah. this creation period like? 
Yeah, so I started out at Clearly, uh, formerly known as Clearly Contacts. So they're mm -hmm. an online eyewear company. Um, they're pretty big in Canada. And I started out doing their product shots. So I'd literally take three photos of every pair of new glasses that would come in. Um, I quickly like grew out of that position. It was very mundane, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and I created this video content creation role just with video blowing up on social media, I basically like morphed into that position. Mm -hmm. And from there on out, I have been creating videos for brands from, from multiple different brands, um, in-house and through freelance. Um, yeah, and then I launched Life Flaps. That's so awesome. Yeah. I actually, I get my contacts from Clearly still today. So that's super nice. cool. Cool. And I'm just wondering, um when you worked for them at what at what age were you before when you like started life laps um well i started three years ago and i'm 31 now so 28 i guess okay it's technically 27 and then a few weeks later i was 28 <laughs> yeah okay so how did you come up with the idea for life laps yeah so the idea was actually not what it is today mm -hmm. um and it was a personal time-lapse app. So think of somebody who's pregnant and they want to make a time-lapse of their bump growing over nine months. Mm -hmm. So to line yourself up between each month, unless you have a tripod staying in one spot for nine months, which who has a space or patience for that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the app launched for pregnancy time-lapses, travel time-lapses. So think of somebody who wants to do like a very specific pose in every city they go to, they can use our ghost feature in camera and line themselves up so that it's the same. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, maybe I can send you a video so you okay, can yeah, sure. have an example, but um, yeah, basically you can like line yourself up and then when you play the video back, it's like the background's changing and the person's in the same spot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, but how did you Hence come up with life, life laps? Yeah, now it's life, right? <laughs> well, now um, it's life, it's still life laps, but yeah. But now it is for everything life, not just pregnancy bumps and traveling. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you come up with that idea? I always have a million ideas for everything. <laughs> um, for me, I wanted to create an app that was really unique and different obviously there's a million different video apps out there um there wasn't anything specific for this mm -hmm. and i wanted to create something that would the end result for the person creating the video would be a really eye-catching video that would leave their viewers being like wow how did you create that i know um life lapse isn't your first business so can you tell us a little bit about your other businesses and how they actually helped you create Life Labs and the success that it is today? Sure. Um, I would say like my previous businesses, they're more side projects. Mm -hmm. so I have like shiny object syndrome. When I have a new idea, I'll like spend a couple months on a side project. Even to this day, I still launch all these side projects, even though last year I said I would stop with that because I just need to focus on growing Life Labs. Um, my other businesses. So we actually have another app. It's called Zoomy and it basically applies a slow zoom motion to any existing photos that you have or video clips. Um, 
over COVID, actually, I launched a business with my friend called Quarantine Greeting Cards. Um, and that was just to make moments still special. There were funny kind of cheeky sayings related to obviously quarantine and still make birthdays, anniversaries, um, stuff like that still special. And yeah, I feel like I, I just, I need that creative outlet always to mm -hmm. have thing. I always need to have a million things on the go. <laughs> um, it's not the most productive use of my time, but I do feel really fulfilled doing them, even though I, it usually feels us off after a couple months. Um, I love that you execute on every idea though. Not every idea, but... A lot of them though. If you're always yeah. having so many projects, it's so awesome because I'm the type of person where, yeah, I have a lot of ideas, but I'm always like, oh, it's not going to work because of this. And then I yeah. don't do it. So yeah. I'm actually wondering when you get ideas and because you've executed so many of them, mm -hmm. is there like a process that you go through every time you get an idea, like some kind of market research or to just find... Like if there's a viable idea? No, I don't do any market research, which is so bad. And I tell anyone who wants to start a business to mm -hmm. do that and mm -hmm. see first what, what's the problem that you're solving before you think you're providing a solution. But mm -hmm. usually with these other side projects that I launch, they're not really, there's no investment in them. So like the quarantine greeting card, we use a print on demand company. So it's all third party fulfillment. Um, I'm really into like building scalable businesses now and not trading mm -hmm. my time for money. So it's more of just like, if the domain's available, start the Instagram account, launch the email campaigns. Um, and it depends on the business, obviously, but that mm -hmm. was the process for the, the quarantine cards, uh, company. But even for the quarantine cards, like, how did you know there was a need for that? You just kind of went for it you're just like oh campaigns let's sell no them. actually I, I was going so it was a friend's birthday and mm -hmm. we went to the store to buy her a card my husband and I and like none of the cards just felt appropriate it was like yeah I have the best celebration ever but it's like meanwhile this is like yeah. April when we were all super hunkered down and it's just like this really grim time of like not being able to be in person with people and I just like there wasn't anything in the market to fill that obvious need of like, Hey, like, I think we had one that was like happy, have like a, Oh, happy birthday corn queen. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's tons of like fun. fun yeah. Things. So very related to the times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and like, obviously it was just such a fast thing that happened with quarantine that it was just like, we just jumped on the opportunity and, and went for it. I love it. Is it, yeah. are you, are you making any profit from it? So right now we're collaborating with an influencer in California to do these postcard packs and we've shifted away from quarantine and now it's on um, helping bring awareness to anti-racism. We mm -hmm. did some pride postcards um, and all the profits from that are getting donated to various different charities from Black Lives Matter to, um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. So I'd say like we made money on it initially, but now it's just all getting donated back in. And mm -hmm. if anything, like we came out even and it, I don't know, it was a fun project to do and to see people get these cards. It was, I don't know, it was awesome. I love it. I love that 
I love that you just execute on your ideas. You make difference. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to move on now and do something else. Yeah. So once the summer dies down, we're going to probably kind of fizzle out because we're not in quarantine anymore. So, mm-hmm. and it, it does take some time to like maintain the Shopify store and obviously yeah. the fees associated with that. So yeah, so just you- like acknowledge what it was and move on. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of time management, though, Mm. if you're having so many projects at once, how are you juggling it or what what usually gives? Do you have like a priority system or something in place to be able to juggle all of it? I wish I could tell you that I have this awesome like (laughs) calendar and formula for how I work, but... Mm -hmm. But it's it, a no formula podcast, so we understand. like. Do you are you do you allow swearing on your podcast? <laughs> yes, it, you it's can. a shit show. Okay, <laughs> my calendar is a shit show. I'll operate from periods where I'm like, like when we launched quarantine cards, for example, it was like from the second I got up to the moment we went to bed, it was like mm-hmm. working on this, and then in five days it was launched. And then I'll like, I'll take a breather. So I'm very, um, I don't really have balance. I'm like all in or I'm all so it's out. like cyclical. Like it'll take like two months, you'll yeah. go all in and then you're like peace for three months. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of like life lapse, it's at a pretty solid state now where it can mm-hmm. run on its own um, if need be. Obviously, if we want to continue growing it, we have to give it time and attention and love. And um, yeah. that's what we're doing now. So I am getting more into this phase of like, I just got this office. So I'm like coming in every day, leaving, putting in good hours, but then like going home and not working. Um, That's good. So I do feel like I have the balance now, but I know like if we're doing a major launch or I have my next business idea, it'll be like back to that chaos of Mm -hmm. all in. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know if you want to answer this question, but how many users do you have right now? Yeah, so we've got probably about 100,000 active, monthly active users. Wow, that's and so then, good. Yeah. And um, it's what, two years old, two and a half years old? It's coming up to three years, end of September. So I think total we've got maybe 1.4 million downloads to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. Sorry, I yeah. just registered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Also, if you can talk about this, because I think it's so interesting, especially with apps, it's how you monetize the app. So can you go into a little bit more detail of how you make sure that you're not only getting the users, but then you're making sure that they upgrade to like the pro or any other ways that you monetize? Yeah. So we're a freemium SaaS business. So software as a service, if you're not familiar with SaaS. Um, So people can download the app for free. They can literally create like a billion videos for free if they want. Mm-hmm. And then if they want to access any of the pro features, um, that's a pro subscription. So we have things like tools in our editor to adjust the brightness, the contrast of the video, that's a pro feature. If you want to access any of our royalty-free music or songs to go in the app, that's all part of the pro. Um, yeah, so that's how we monetize. It works out to be three bucks a month US um, when you subscribe annually. So it's pretty reasonable. That's very reasonable. And yeah, that's how we make money. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest lesson you learned from Life Lapse that you didn't learn from all the other businesses that you've had? Mm. I would say like this is my 
this is out of all the businesses that I've launched, this is the mm-hmm. only one I've, I've spent this much time and effort on. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like my biggest learning is honestly just listening to our customers and seeing how they're using the app. Um, because as I mentioned, the app didn't launch as a stop motion video app. What we were marketing as three years ago is very, very different to what we're doing now, which is um, we're a stop motion app. So we help brands, influencers, and creators create really eye-catching videos with stop motion. And like we would have never pivoted to this idea and market ourselves that. And we build out features specifically for stop motion now had we not seen you know, those users eight months into launch creating stop motions with the app instead of these pregnancy time lapses or the travel time lapses. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. That must be hard though as, as the founder to like kind of shift your, your vision. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did you cope with that? Was, were you like, oh yes, of course we have to listen to what they're doing. Or again, did you go into market research and kind of look at competitors? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like the obvious, there, there's one other major stop motion app that really didn't hold me back from pivoting because their platform is more for like claymation type of videos. What I'm targeted to is, like I said, brands, influencers, and creator creators. So we have, you know, we're not just a stop motion app. We're like this holistic one-stop shop where you can learn, you can edit, you can shoot. Um, and we're really trying to build like this large community of stop motion creators specifically for marketing. And I, I was happy to go with the pivot because for me, like, as long as I see people are seeing value in that and it's still a video app. So at the end of the day, as long as people are creating video mm-hmm. videos and having it like be more catered towards marketers is actually more in my space because I did work in marketing for, I need to figure this out, five to seven years, whatever that <laughs> time gap was, 21 to 28. So yeah, I guess seven years. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually feel like I can speak to this audience more and my target audience is is me. So it, it was an easy switch for me, but like yeah. I do recommend to entrepreneurs if you're not finding success with whatever your solution is now to don't be married to a specific concept Mm -hmm. or a product. If you see people are finding value in another way that you didn't initially intend for, then like, if you see the market is, is for that, then like, why wouldn't you switch to that? You know? Yeah. And that's actually one of your, your business tips is don't not being married to your initial idea and pivoting with what your target audience is mm-hmm. saying that they find value in. And if you don't mind, I want to jump yeah. into your other business tips. Sure. Um, so your next one is progress over perfection. Perfection. I yeah. wrote it wrong. I wrote progress <laughs> over progression. I'm like, so, what? <laughs> what does that mean? So your next one is progress over perfection. Yeah. Feel fast and learn. So can you go into detail about what that means to you? Yeah. So I, as you may have guessed, like I execute on things quickly. Mm -hmm. um, And I truly believe that if you are waiting for something to be perfect, it's never going to launch. And if you just put something out into the world, that's 
you know, maybe it has a typo in it or whatever it is. Maybe there's a minor bug. Obviously we do lots of QA testing, but once you just put it out into the world, you're going to learn if one people like it or not, or even like the typo example, people will tell you, and it's like, it's not the end of the world. Just update it. Maybe it's not the most professional, but you know, we're bootstrapped. I don't have the budget for this large team to be overseeing every minor detail that I'm doing, though I do have somebody now and it's awesome <laughs> to have a second <laughs> set of eyes because I absolutely suck at spelling and grammar. Um, it's knowing your weaknesses though. Yeah, and, exactly. And now like, I love that you have this approach to it because you're proof that you don't have to be perfect. And I'm air quoting here for the yeah. people who are just listening. Um, and you can still be profitable. Yeah. You can still be very successful. Totally. Even if something doesn't work out, you're going to learn something from it. So who cares if you fail? I think the more you fail, the more you're going to learn and that's going to help you more in the, in, in the long run. Mm -hmm. Can yeah. you give us an example of when you failed and then you learned something from it? Yes. Yeah, so I mentioned this to you before, but I was on Dragon's Den and mm -hmm. it was an epic failure. <laughs> um, I got like totally destroyed on the show, but Okay, just for yeah. everyone listening before you continue about your experience, <laughs> I watched the your clip yeah. and I know you were there for a lot longer than they showed, but in that clip it doesn't look too bad. Okay, well Okay, they tell us some, they said some pretty awful things that weren't included in the final edit and mm. I'm not gonna focus on that. <laughs> but like it's a TV show, right? So yeah. they need it to be dramatic. Obviously, I went into this thinking, like, they're going to invest in me. And it was just like, a huge shock. And mm -hmm. a reality check that what I had, well, first of all, I went on the show when I was not a stop motion video app. So I pitched this whole other idea of like, where I was going to take the company to make it sound investable. Mm -hmm. And I say my learning from that is, well, don't pitch for investment until you have traction and product market fit. So we did have downloads, we did have a bit of revenue. Was this a scalable business as like a pregnancy slash travel time-lapse app? No, like it's just not a venture mm -hmm. appealing business. So again, my key learning from that was just don't pitch to investors until you either pitch before you launch or pitch when you are have major traction revenue growth in users all that stuff would you go to investors now i'm not opposed to getting investment mm -hmm. um the thing is it takes up so much time to reach out to investors and as somebody who's been the only full-time employee in the company for the past three years up until a month ago yeah. <laughs> like I've gotten to where I am because I'm in the business growing it and executing on everything from marketing to like, I've got obviously an amazing team of contractors who do development, customer service, all that stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm the one building out the SOPs and doing all of that and responding to managing all these people. It's like, I can't really step out of the business to like mm -hmm. maybe get funding. Yeah. So then- so, if I yeah. have, if I have the timeline correct, cause you said that it was like the perf, uh, personal time lapse mm -hmm. in the first eight months. And when yeah. you pitched Dragon's Den, 
that was, I guess, in the first eight months. Yeah. So we, we filmed in May. We launched in April. So it was like basically right after Dragon's Den. I was like, okay, what am I doing with this company? Oh. And then, like, yeah. So it was right before. Dragon's Den was right before we pivoted. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like before we started slowly integrating stop motion features. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like a hard pivot of like, we're this personal time lapse app and now we're stop motion. Mm-hmm. It was more like showing all of the use cases and trying to please everyone versus now we're like very much we're marketing Focused. to like brands, influencers, creators to create these eye-catching videos for their social media pages. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I was wondering what because you said in the investment, going to investments mm-hmm. and preparing takes a lot of time. When you were working on it by yourself in the first eight months, what made you decide to go on the show in the first place? Oh, I was just like, this is going to be awesome. National exposure. I'll go viral. Is that what happened? No, absolutely oh. not. <laughs> Did you get a spike in users? Like a tiny bit, but not much. And okay. like, it was, yeah. <laughs> okay. If only I went on like this year or next mm-hmm. year, I think it would have been pretty successful because we have a clear vision now. Um, and we're just like a more appealing company to invest in, but it is what it is. It's okay. You learned from it. Yeah. And that's what that tip is all about. Yeah. If you fail, not a problem, as long as you learn from it. Yeah. Exactly. So your next tip that you provided was mm-hmm. have patience, trust the process. Now yeah. I've heard this before, mm-hmm. but I don't understand what that means. So can you tell us what this process we're trusting is? <laughs> yeah. So for me, I am always like really quick to jump on everything. Mm-hmm. Like if I have a business idea tonight, I will have a name, a domain purchase, an Instagram handle secured like before I go to bed. <gasps> so for me, yes. Oh my God. That's amazing though. It's amazing. But I understand what you're, where you're going with this. Okay. Continue. <laughs> so for me in like development... And just growing a business in general, you need patience to to see the impact. Like you need patience to see the impact of what you're putting out into the world. It's not going to happen overnight. And like specifically with development, it's a slow process. Like if I want things changed in the app, it's not going to be live tomorrow. I need to work with designers and build up the mock-ups and then send it to my project manager. And then they're going to have questions and then they need to code it. And then they need to do QA and then we need to submit it to Apple and wait for them to approve it. And then, oh, that's like, and then we'll launch it and then maybe there's a bug and then <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's a huge process and it takes as somebody who's very, very impatient, mm-hmm. this has like been very testing and hopefully making me grow as a human, but I still feel like I have no patience. So maybe not. So I never developed an app before. Let's mm-hmm. say you change a feature in yeah. the product you have to go through this long process that you yeah. just said and let's say everything goes right how long does mm-hmm. that take oh it totally depends on what the feature is like oh okay are you just adding a link to a video are you like, let's say you're changing post- like where a feature is i don't know because i'm not a developer <laughs> 
But like I know for me and my team, if we're doing something like we're integrating filters into the actual video editing or we're adding a feature inside the camera, let's say like an interval timer, that's going to be way more intricate to develop because it, it has to do with um, the logic of the camera and the editor versus if we're adding a link to our Instagram page on our settings menu. Like that's, that'll be very quick, like a couple hours. To, oh, that's very yeah. quick. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. So I guess it just depends, and it's testing your patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're still working on this project, though, so it means you like it, and you're yeah. you're gaining your patience because it's yeah. working. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So your next your next tip is mm. to provide value, and yeah. for all the listeners out there, what are your three tips? you can provide on Mm -hmm. how to consistently provide value? I don't know if I have three tips per se, but I would say put yourself in the shoes of your customer. So Mm -hmm. what do they want to see from you to provide value? So for example, our app, like stop motion, it can be a process to create. Even with our app that makes it 10 times quicker than using you know, $500 desktop software, a DSLR, even though we're still an all-in-one app, you still need a few key things like you need to stabilize your phone. So whether you place it against a mug or on a tripod that you have, not moving your camera while you're shooting is an integral part of creating a good stop motion video. So for us and providing value, like we're always putting out tutorials and tips and different hacks so that the user can feel empowered to use our software and feel confident and have good results with their video. So I guess like what is the trigger point for your customer that will make them either like purchase your, your top or I don't know, whatever, like what kind of listeners do you normally have? Are they e-com? Are they SaaS? Do you for, know? What, I don't yeah. know exactly. No, I don't. Okay. So let's, let's just say, yeah let's say SaaS. okay SaaS. so let's say it's like oh i don't know okay e-com (laughs) e-com let's say you're selling a pair of jeans yeah maybe providing value to that person is showing them different body types or that Mm -hmm. size jean in a model in every size or I don't know, maybe it's like showing a video of different ways to wear it and how to style it. Mm -hmm. And like, you can put this out on social media, you can have it on your product pages, email marketing, um, integrated everywhere so that they get to that point of being like, yes, I see myself in these jeans. I'm sold. They meet like my requirements of being sustainable, comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, Everyone has to have the equivalent of your customer saying, I see myself in those jeans. Yeah. That's, that's the end result. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And for your last tip that you have is to mm-hmm. have fun and don't take yourself too seriously. So I'm assuming that at one point you were taking yourself too seriously and you had to kind of overcome that. So can you tell us a little bit more about what No, this- you're actually wrong. <laughs> I am like never serious to the point where like people underestimate me all the time and it's like maybe a problem, but 
honestly, if you're not having fun building a business and like, what are you doing? Unless you're saving lives, like mm-hmm. just have fun with it. Nobody's going to die. Like you're probably building something that you're super passionate about. Yeah. So this is coming from one of your qualities where you've sure, seen that. You call it a quality. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because yeah. you probably started so many businesses and you probably ended the ones that you weren't having fun with and then you moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now you're having the most fun because mm-hmm. now life laughs, you're spending all your time into it. You're yeah. creating and it's growing and you're staying with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I actually noticed something about all your businesses. Oh, what did you notice? They're all product based. None of them are, are service based. So I actually did do a lot of video work freelance. Um, before I launched Life Flap. So as I was working in-house creating brand videos, I was also doing freelance. So I would shoot street style photos for influencers. I would do brand videos for small businesses. I even shot like filmed weddings. Um, Yeah, so I've done it all. (laughs) (laughs) Service and product. I find product really hard though, actually. I have to admit my hat's off to anyone who can scale a product-based business. And why do you say that? What's, what's the most difficult part about it? Like the margins. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, like, like, sorry, continue. Yeah. So for obviously a tech company, you know, we get maybe 1500 downloads a day. That doesn't really, like, I don't really have to do anything on my end to fulfill that. To, I mean, obviously there's potentially some customer service, but whether I have like a million downloads or five, I can wake up and pretty much have the same work day versus I feel like if you have million orders of jeans coming in, like mm-hmm. you need to figure out that whole logistics and operations side, which I just, I find very overwhelming. <laughs> and the whole like, yeah, like when to place orders, any fulfillment centers, whether you're doing this, like you're white labeling or you're doing it in-house or you're doing dropship. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously dropshipping is easy, but- um, Easier for sure, yeah. Easier. But yeah. then you don't have the brand side. I don't know, there's just so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who like has, my main bread and butter is like a SaaS company, I, I find the whole product side very, um, overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. When you look at it that way, usually when uh, I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, they usually Mm -hmm. specialize in like, let's say just service-based or just, you know, one specific uh, domain or area. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting that you just kind of dip your toes into all of them. And then you kind of have an opinion of which one's your favorite and which one you want to go with. So that's pretty cool. So I think if like I stuck with any of the businesses long Mm -hmm. enough, I could have been successful. Yeah. I just, I like, I have this like high of like starting it. I like, like, I'm a serial starter, I would say. And then once I launch it and then I'm just kind of like, okay, what's next? But you get to the launching point, which I feel like a lot of a lot of people who want to be an entrepreneur and want mm-hmm. to get started just have this struggle to have the idea to execution. And like, that's your specialty. <laughs> yeah, it really is. 
But then I guess you you realize that maybe you're not as passionate about it, and then maybe um, that's why you stop. Well, like for the quarantine cards, obviously quarantine's coming to an end, so that's why I stopped. The other yeah. ones that I've started, like the service based one mm-hmm. of like filming, like I launched Life Laps because I want to build like a video solution that's scalable on a global level. Me having a global impact doing videography is like that. It's trading time for money. I don't like trading time for money anymore. Mm-hmm. And to get where I am with life laps, to do that with videography, I would basically never have to sleep and probably duplicate myself a couple times. <laughs> They're like put out as much and have much as an impact on all the people that are downloading our app as I would be with a video videography service. So this is the no formula podcast because there is no formula to success. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you had to write out your own formula to where you got today, what would your formula be? Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like seriously, so many people are just so hung up and like I listen to tons of podcasts and I buy tons of online courses Mm-hmm. But I think so many people get fixated on trying to learn everything before they actually start executing that they just have this like basically analysis paralysis where they just feel so overwhelmed and they don't actually start anything like what you said about people who they, they want to start something, but they never take the leap. It's because mm-hmm. there's so much information out there. It's like, they're trying to like find this perfect, their own perfect formula. But if they just, bought the domain, if they just put up a simple landing page, if they started just marketing with this very like minimal viable product, they could start learning and just go from there instead of waiting for the perfect time, waiting for the perfect website, waiting for the perfect graphic, photography, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So my formula is just hack your way into everything. Like just do it. If you have to be scrappy, that's fine. Um, because you're not going to get like your first dollar or your first customer if you're not live. So, yeah, I think people also don't realize like you have to start making money for you to be an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah. And then like in the tech space, you know, traditionally people love to get funding and they love that flashy PR. And I think a lot of these companies, like they, they get all this funding and then they're like, they build these large teams, but they just spend so much time on the funding mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's like, they're not actually in the business. I mean, growing it. Some, yeah. From what I've seen, like mm-hmm. if you were just in the business, listening to your customers, reading your reviews, providing the value, like I said, I think you could just scale it that way. Awesome. Awesome advice. And before obviously it's not every tech company, but just from what I've seen, uh, that's my two cents. Yeah. Well, that's from your experience. So it makes sense. And as somebody who's successfully, successfully built life laps without funding, I, that's so true. I I think everyone can do it. (laughs) That's so true. You did it. Yeah. You grew it to where it was today. Yeah. Before ending this episode, what yeah. is in store for Life Labs? Yes. So on the business back end, we are actually launching a sign-in feature in the app. So right now, if you download the app, 
You don't need a sign in at all. You can just open the app, start creating. We'll never like email you. We'll never send you push notifications. So we're leaving a lot on the table by not having an email. Um, mm -hmm. You've probably heard like how crucial email marketing is mm -hmm. uh, in today's day and age. And with the huge learning curve of people not really sure how to create videos, um, I'm really excited to be launching email in about three weeks so that we can really educate our user and again, provide that value on how they can maximize their time inside our app. Um, and then, yeah, we're just focused on building our, building out our academy, more tutorials and focused on really growing our community. Yeah. Well, I really like the app. I haven't perfected yeah. it yet, Yeah. <laughs> but I will get there by the time this podcast gets released. <laughs> okay. We, I just put a new getting started video live on YouTube. Okay, um, I'll it's go actually check it in out. a blog post. I'll send you the blog post. After. Okay, yeah, that'd be good because yeah. uh, I tried another one, but again, I wasn't steady, and because mm. I forgot, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna try it. It'll work. It didn't work. It's like, Ugh. <laughs> but we have hacks. We have some hacks for you on how okay. you can keep it steady without buying a tripod. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Send me the blog. I will. I will. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing your insight and your experience. Thanks for having us on. Yes, this was amazing. And can uh, I just can I also add, if anyone yeah. wants to see what stop motion is, if they're not familiar, um, to check us out on Instagram. Our handle is lifeflaps underscore app. So L I F E L A P S E underscore app. Um, mm -hmm. And we post tutorials there too. So if you want to start learning, start creating. Um, yeah. Follow yeah, us there. I do follow you guys there too. And it's yeah. very cute. I like the ones when, uh, they're like outfit changes. Oh yeah. yeah. I like those ones. Those ones yeah. are cool. Anyway, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be keeping in touch with you and using your app and we'll definitely keep in touch. Thank you. I can't wait uh, to see what you create. Yeah. Okay. Especially okay, after cool. you stabilize the, the phone. Yeah, exactly. I'll be watching and waiting. I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Have a great day. Thanks, Laura. Bye. Before ending this episode, I want to summarize some key takeaways from my conversation with Sarah. Sarah mentions several business tips like the importance of listening to customers, not getting too married to any idea, progress over perfection, patience, and providing value. She also tells us about her experience on Dragon's Den and her top takeaways from pitching investors. She says that it's very important to have a clear vision, to pitch your business before launch or wait until you have traction and or revenue. And most importantly, do not get too caught up in trying to get funding. Finally, she admits that her secret to growth is paying attention to what customers want and in her case, what they were using her app for. And just before leaving, I want to highlight one thing that Sarah said. She may not be the most productive as she juggles multiple projects, but she is fulfilled. And that is super important. Thanks so much for listening, everyone.